and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. We're talking about, I guess what? Good money move statistics. I don't know. <laughs> I love numbers and I love these examples of, of different ways you can look at things as far as in this situation, making financial decisions and reaching your financial goals. Yeah. So I guess I'll throw it to you, Jenna. What's the next statistic you want to cover? Yeah. So this statistic that I have actually um, comes from multiple studies and it it says that two-thirds of families do not have enough money saved in an emergency fund, which we've definitely talked about this before in many, many times about the lack of savings across right. the United States. It is a serious problem. And what happens when you don't have the emergency fund and how that can lead to that, mm-hmm. I guess, cascading events that result in being in a financial mess? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the entire purpose of an emergency fund is to create that financial buffer that is going to keep you afloat in a time of need um, without having to rely on things like credit cards or take out high interest loans. Um, And this is especially important if you already have debt. If you are already in debt, having to go into debt over something like your car breaking down just it just adds to the stress load, right? Like you don't want to be in that situation. Nobody does. So how you can really avoid becoming part of this statistic of families that don't have enough in savings is to start accumulating savings, right? (laughs) Build that emergency fund, right? It's kind of like, well, duh, but how do you do that, right? And it's not as hard as you think, but it does take time to accumulate the funds, um, and keep them there without nickel and diming them away on little things. Um, it's discipline. Sure. You know, but yeah. we talked about, you know, emergency funds pretty extensively back in episode 50. Um, but I'm going to give you a, the Cliff Notes okay. version of how you get started. Right. So, first, you have to determine how much you actually need to have saved. And really that rule of thumb is it should be enough to cover three to six months of your living expenses. So it sounds like a lot. That's your goal. That's but that's your goal. And start start with one month, work towards that, then then grow your goal one more month each time and pretty soon you'll be where you need to be. Um, so secondly, you want to have a separate savings account set up specifically to hold this money. This, is, this isn't this um, is the money you have sitting there in case you overdraw your checking account or in case, you know, you have to pay a bill before your paycheck comes in and you just need to pull $100 out of your savings here or there for, to cover something. This is money that you set aside and do not touch for absolutely any reason. Except for an emergency. <laughs> a serious emergency. Okay, you had and, a serious tone. Okay. <laughs> yes, an emergency. And we talked about in episode 50 what qualifies as an emergency and what does not. So if you're not sure, go listen to that episode and you will now know. Oh, well, we can do it really quick. Some of them. Car breaks down, emergency yep. house repairs, you lose your job, a medical something or other. Yeah. Those yeah. things that are going to disrupt your life if you can't fix them now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We're not okay. We're not talking, well, I really want to go to this concert and right. I don't get paid until next week. That's not an emergency. <laughs> 
just but you have to clarify these things okay for, you know you got it right. because if you don't put those rules in your own brain and and kind of make the set those rules for yourself you're gonna just use them you're, you're gonna nickel and dime the money right. away on yourself and that's mm-hmm. not where you want to be and then when the transmission goes on the old chevy you'll be stuck exactly yeah so the third step in this cliff notes version of how you get build your emergency savings fund is to automate your savings so set up every time you get paid to have x amount of it go into this savings account and you know it can be you know whatever amount you can afford from your paycheck even 25 bucks a month adds up fast so start somewhere and pretty soon you're gonna start being like well i maybe i can afford 30 maybe i can afford 50 maybe you know and you will slowly want to increase that as you see your savings increasing and your anxiety decreasing yes yes so you know for those of you thinking right now i can't even afford to save money the reality is that you can't afford not to because without having that savings you're just setting yourself up for more financial stress and anxiety down the road so having money saved for an emergency is going to make a huge difference in your ability to financially bounce back from the unexpected things that are going to happen in life they're going to happen it's not an if it's a when (laughs) i can can attest to that yes um so we want to learn financial literacy gain Mm -hmm. control over our money and save start saving what is the next statistic and the lesson connected to it yeah so this next one comes from the federal reserve and this one says that 60 percent of adults had credit card debt in the last year and i believe that and i think it's probably low right i think it's a lot (laughs) higher than that i think it's probably higher than that especially when you put it out there at some point in the past year yes yeah so why is this a problem though right i mean credit cards tend to be a gateway into poor debt management for a lot of people and and there's a few reasons for this so one it leads to a temptation to overspend Um, studies have shown time and time again that consumers will spend up to twice as much when they're paying with credit cards than if they were to pay with something for cash the interest makes it harder to pay off the balance so if you're not paying off your balance in full then the portion of each payment that goes towards interest and it's increasing the amount of time it takes to pay off your balance so overspending you're paying more for something in the first place because of the interest right and then you combine these two things and that leads you to run the risk of getting deep into debt because anytime you borrow money you're creating debt and the more you borrow without repaying it in a timely fashion, the deeper into debt you go. So it's kind of it's cyclical. Sure and that's, is. this is where the issue with credit cards come in because it, it creates that spending trap for a lot of people. And once you're in debt, reaching any other financial goal is now going to become significantly harder because spending money on debt leaves you with less money for other priorities like saving for retirement or taking that summer vacation with your family. Um, You may have to delay things like educational goals or you may feel trapped in a job you don't like because you need to pay all this debt all the time. To cover your... So 
Yeah. When we come back, we have to have to take another break. Jenna, we'll talk about maybe how you can avoid becoming a credit card statistic. <laughs> Absolutely. As we continue with Good Money Moves here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. From the kennel to the coop, whatever the season. We're talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Good Money Moves. We're talking about some financial statistics and we kind of left off with credit card debt and how to avoid becoming a, uh, a victim of credit card debt and the statistics related to that. Jenna, do you have some advice for that? Yes, absolutely. So the really, I mean, the best way to not become a credit card statistic, I will say, is to just not carry a credit card at all. Um, I don't. I have no credit cards. But I do realize that that's not necessarily what works best for everyone else. Um, so it really does just come down to if you need to use your credit card, do it very sparingly and make sure that you can pay off the balance in full each month without sacrificing your other financial ob- obligations. Um, and if you're really already kind of struggling with credit card debt, stop using your credit cards altogether and focus on living within your means so that you can stop yourself from getting even further into debt. would be my two big That's tips it. around that. Once again, common sense, right? Yeah. Stop yep. the bleeding and then start getting things back to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Perfect sense. So what is our next financial literacy good money move statistic? Yes. Yeah, so this next one comes from a survey that was conducted by careerbuilder.com. And they say that 78% of adults are living paycheck to paycheck. That's true. Yeah. And what does that mean, though? So living paycheck to paycheck means you are spending most or all of your monthly income and expenses. Um, Once essentials are paid, there's no money left over for savings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't make a decent wage, although it certainly could mean that as well. Um, But regardless of your income level... Living paycheck to paycheck does mean you're not likely to manage your money, that you're not likely managing your money as effectively as you could be. Um, so how do you overcome this and kind right. of break out of this paycheck to paycheck cycle? Make That's really what money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's certainly one way to go about it. You know, we actually talked a lot about this and dug really deep into this extensively in episode 53. But I mean, there's some basic steps you can you can take and consider today. So first again get into the right mindset about your money if you believe you're always going to be broke you will be if you believe you can achieve financial stability or better yet financial success you most likely will Um, your mindset has a lot of power over what you are capable of of achieving and that and people don't give that enough um, credit but uh, you know get your existing debt under control you know make a plan to pay off your existing debt and don't add to it until you've got that under control and and that means you have to stop spending money and this means really look really look at where you're spending money and if those expenses are absolutely necessary or not right and as you said andy you might have to look at earning some more money somewhere along the way even if it's for a temporary time frame while you're trying to do things like get debt under control um 
But there are definitely ways to break out of that paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. Um, but it does require you to kind of shift your focus and priorities a little bit. Okay. I think we do have room for just one more. What do you want to cover? Yeah. So this last one that I have to share today, it comes from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. And they say that three out of five adults don't keep a budget. Ah. I believe this. I also think it's probably closer to four out of five adults don't keep a budget because I really do. Um, so really the the root of this is that um, this is the root of the majority of the statistics I've yeah. shared today. Is what, you know, and it goes like, back to financial literacy and teaching it does. kids. It all connects together when you think about it. Um, so this one is really, really easy to overcome. Start a budget. It's you can do it in an afternoon. <laughs> you really can. So we talked um, all about the importance of budgeting. Um, well, we talk about it every episode, but we really covered how to get started in detail back on episodes 15 through 18. So the very start of this show. Um, the and the basics are super easy. You look at two things: how much you earn versus how much you spend. And if you're spending more than you earn, find ways to cut back and stop spending in areas that are not helping you meet your financial goals. And then. As a side tip, just make sure you're setting aside money for savings as part of your budget. As we always say, have a plan. The budget yes. is the plan. It is. As always, fantastic information for making good money moves. And uh, as always, <laughs> I, I think we're just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg. So maybe you could mm -hmm. steer us, Jenna, to places where we can find out some more about financial literacy, emergency funds, saving money. Mm -hmm. Giving control of your debt, all of this. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, visit our website, firstlinecu.com. Uh, and you can get subscribed to our blog where we release new financial tips and advice every week covering all of the topics that we've covered today and then even more than that. Um, also, I mentioned a ton of past episodes today, a ton of them. You can listen to all of those going back to firstlinecu.com slash podcast or on carocnews.com. You can also subscribe to the Good Money Moves podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and TuneIn podcasting services. Plus, you can access all kinds of free financial tools uh, like our downloadable budgeting calculator or a debt consolidation calculator. We've got worksheets you can download at firstalliancecu.com in our resource center but of course i strongly encourage you to reach out to the advisors at first alliance credit union they can help you uh start making good money moves and get pointed in a really good financial direction for yourself no matter where you are starting that might, that might be the best advice you had all morning <laughs> <laughs> i think so all right so. jenna talbot with first alliance credit union we'll talk to you again next week on good money moves absolutely Thanks, Jenna. And, of course, we will be back next week right here at News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. From the News Talk 1340. The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome to Good Money Moves. I'm Andy Brownell, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And we're joined this morning by Jenna Tobble with First Alliance Credit Union. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning, Andy. So last week, we celebrated the 100th episode of Good Money Moves by recapping some of the 
topics, why well, I would say the top topics, the key topics and advice mm-hmm. that we've shared on this program through 100 episodes. Yeah. What's on tap this week? Yeah, well, as you know, if you are a frequent listener of this program, I like to share a lot of kind of statistics about finances and yes, things like that, you know. Um, so today we're going to talk about some key statistics about financial literacy and what you can do to avoid becoming one of those statistics. Okay. Kind of an incentive. Yeah. By hearing these statistics and hopefully uh, fall, don't fall into these type of traps. So I guess let's just jump right into it. What's the first one you want to share with us? Yeah. So the first one I have today is comes from a study that was completed by the Champlain College Center for Financial Literacy. Um, and they found that over half of the states in the U.S. do not offer adequate levels of financial literacy courses to high school students. I am very believable. Yes. Um, I, I do believe that Minnesota got a letter grade of a B. So we're not doing terrible, but we're not acing it either <laughs> when it comes to financial literacy. But this is important, and I bring this one up um, today because having that solid base of financial literacy skills is directly linked to positive outcomes such as effective retirement planning, um, the ability to avoid high-cost alternative financial services like payday lending. Um, so th- this has real-world impact when you, ha- when you have that base of financial literacy skills, which is, of course, why we talk about all this stuff right. every week on this yep. show. Um, but, I mean, ideally, personal finance would be taught at home, and it should be also then taught in elementary, middle, and high school and all the way through college classes as well so it should really be a conversation that's being had across the board um both by parents and in the classroom 100 percent agree yeah so but uh, you know personal financial education in high school specifically provides students with the knowledge and skills to manage their financial resources effectively um for a lifetime of financial well-being um and specifically in high school because you're at that point in your life where you have the <laughs> the mental faculties to process the information needed and understand the longer the longer term concepts that come with finances to a degree and it's also the point in your life where you're starting to have more of that independence and it's that step right before you um, kind of move out on your own and start right. living your life as an adult so this is why we they focus so much on the high school versus you know elementary and middle while it's still important to start laying the groundwork there high school is really the key um, point in someone's life where this makes the biggest impact they should call um, it just life skills yeah yeah there's there's a lot that can, that can kind of fall under right. financial the, literacy to right. be honest you know, and so I've got another statistic that I came across, and I find this fascinating. And 70% of parents um, who were part of this survey said they are reluctant to discuss financial matters with their kids. Oh. Um, so that's a lot. Um, in fact, um, these parents were nearly as uncomfortable talking about the topic of money as they were talking about the topic of sex with their kids. There's a joke so, in there somewhere, but I'm going to let it lay. Yeah. So the, so the level of discomfort that parents feel around this topic is big and it's, and it, it creates almost 
money to become a taboo subject. Yeah. Which is sad because it, it is such an important skill to have. Financial literacy is so important um, to living a successful life. Um, I don't so even know how, how you, you can avoid it. I mean, I, I can't imagine being yeah. a parent. I mean, it starts out so young. What do you think? Money grows on trees? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that just... Uh, Go, I mean, when you think about it this way, it, the rest of the statistics that I'm going to talk about today are going to, you know, think back to this first one okay. we talked about, and you're going to be like, oh, well, now I know why this statistic <laughs> exists, right? So but what do you, how do you avoid letting your kids fall behind in financial literacy? How do you avoid letting them, you know, become one of these statistics? How do you, you know, it's easy. It's I actually know, very easy. But I know what I did when hard. they were like three years old. I brought out a big chalkboard with a... The pointing stick, and I explained to him the Federal Reserve and monetary. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Yes, there's no no five hour lectures needed here. It's got to start <laughs> small. Start small. So, I, just start by asking them what questions they have about money to really gauge their understanding where it is today and what you need to build upon. Um, and you, that way, you can clear up any misconceptions from the get go. Um, but also be honest with your kids. If you've ever made mistakes of your own when it comes to finances, own up to them. Use them as a good lesson for your kids to learn from so they don't have to make those same mistakes. Um, and a really f- kind of fun one you can do is set family goals together. If you and your partner are working on paying off debt or trying to save for the future, you know, let the kids join in as you celebrate reaching milestones for those things or help you set goals for family vacations that you want to take, like make them part of the solution. So they feel invested and they start to understand the concepts that you're you're talking about. They're also living them. Sure. We did that when we were kids. My mom had this we thought it was a crazy idea to pay for an entire family vacation to Florida by just collecting spare change mm-hmm. in this huge jar that we had in the kitchen. Yeah. And we were all encouraged to be had spare change to contribute. And you know what? It worked. Mm-hmm. It took a mm-hmm. while, but it did work. Yeah. Every, every penny helps. Yeah. Um, but you're still right. I mean, there's a million ways that you could go about this. And we actually shared um, a ton of tips on this topic about talking money with your kids in past episodes, specifically episode 40, 60, 64, and 91. So if you want to go back and listen to those four episodes, we've got more um, tips for helping your kids understand financial literacy. Um, But just remember that if you're not teaching them about money management and the schools are not doing a good job about teaching them about money management, where are they going to learn it from? Um, it's going to be the credit card company. They're going to teach them for you, and they're going to teach them to do things that are not in their best interest. They're going to learn so, the hard way. They're going to learn the hard way. So um, so be proactive. Be proactive. Be involved. Teach your kids. What, yes. What's the next statistic you want to cover? Yeah. So the next one I have to share today um, comes from a study done by FINRA, and this one says that 53% of adults reported they feel financially anxious and 44% stated that just talking about money was stressful. And that explains the reluctance to talk about money with kids. Yeah. Like I said, it goes back to that first one, (laughs) right? Um, Which, yeah, so this is really not that surprising of a statistic at all, right? I mean, how do you, 
but how do you overcome these feelings like and really move beyond money being this constant stressor in your life um you know we did talk about this in 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 good detail about two weeks ago episode 99 we really i broke down the process um into some actionable steps that you can take to kind of start on this journey to overcome your financial stress but you know some other ways that you can kind of start gaining control over your money because that's essentially what you are lacking if you feel stressed and anxious about your money is you lack control over it um one, cultivate a positive money mindset for yourself. We talked about that all extensively in yep. episode 49. Um, this is so important, though, because if you have the wrong attitude going into working on your finances, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, second, start looking at your spending patterns. Where are your spending triggers that are causing you the most problems? Is it when you walk into a certain store? Is it when you you know, take your kids with you? Is it when, you know, just look at what you're doing and actually consider it. That's how you can't solve problems if you aren't getting to the root of them. So find the root of the problem. I know people who do the shopping thing just as a stress relief. Yes, absolutely. That's how they do it. And I'm like, that's not going to work out real well. No. Not long term. Especially if you're doing it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So another thing to consider is look at the lifestyle you're trying to live. Are you living a lifestyle that's outside of your income capabilities? You know, quote unquote, keeping up with the Joneses, if you will. There's a lot of people that do that. You know, they, for for a lot of different reasons. And it might, you might not even realize that's what you're doing until you take a look at what your spending is. Um, And one really good way to help you start doing this is to start a money journal, which we also talked about in an episode a couple weeks ago, episode 97, kind of digging into the root of your financial thought processes. Um, but really, the, yeah. The best thing about when you talked about that on that episode three, four weeks ago was mm-hmm. that's not a long-term thing. You don't need to do it the rest of your life. It's a tool to get started. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really great point because sometimes some of these things can seem so daunting because you just sit there and think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. Oh, so boring. (laughs) Right. I mean, but it's not that's not the reality of it. A lot of the steps that you need to take are short term things that are going to help you in the long term. So really, the key to avoid falling into this particular statistic is to find a way to gain control over your money and start making it work for you the way that you want it to. All right. We are talking about some key statistics that you should be aware of if you wish to make good money moves. And we'll continue with Jenna Tauble with First Alliance Credit Union in just a moment. Here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.